My name is Brian Pillman Jr. This is Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. This is Cody Rhodes, and you're listening. You are listening to the Mouth of the South Shore radio show. Too sweet me for the love of God. And here we are once again, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show coming at you from all angles of the interwebs. I hope you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever it is that you find your podcast, we'll be with you. We're happy to be with you today. I am the Mouth of the South Shore, Eric Cordova, and joining me, of course, as he always does, is the craft. I have never been this excited at 6 o'clock on a Thursday in my entire life. Well, I'm happy to also, hear Also, hi. How's it going? I, I also I, want I, you to I, know it has nothing to do with you. I kind of feel figured. like that's important to say also. Because we do that, we've been recording at like similar times each week, so I figured it couldn't be this if that was the case. I, I'll, oh, I'll even let you not. have the, the floor. What, what it, day every day. This is the worst part of my day every Thursday. But you do it anyway. Damn right. I love contracts. What What are you so excited about? Uh, community is the greatest show to ever exist in the history of the world. And they're doing a live table read to raise money to donate to uh, benefits of COVID-19 or something. But they got Donald Glover. I don't know how they got Donald Glover. But Troy and Abed will be reuniting once again Troy and Abed on the internet is going to be a thing, and I'm very excited. And it's okay if nobody else that's listening understands it, because I do, and I am so happy. I, 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 can, I can sing, I can dance after all this is France, and the dinner here is never second best. I'm that excited. Well, you asked how they got him. They probably picked up the phone and said, hey, man, you want to do this? And he's like, all right, cool. No, 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 it's not like that. Do you know how busy Donald Glover is? He's an adult. He pays bills. I mean, how how busy is anybody right now? (laughs) Um, What what do you got going on? Turning out the content like crazy. If you're already working from home and if you're already working as a creative person, like if you listen to Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Matt Cardona's, interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet, he's busier now than he ever was because he's hustling. And hustlers will, will always hustle, and now they have the time to actually be as creative as they want. That's fair. And and honestly, I see that in our own show. But that's that's neither here nor there. We are going to have on later in the show one of the innovators of the work at home, Mr. Tommy Hall. He'll be joining us in just a little bit here. So we'll talk all sorts of things in the world of wrestling, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But before we get all tied up and doing all that kind of stuff, I want to get into the biggest story of the week. And we're going to kick it off with this. Ratings are bad. Like, really, really bad. As in the lowest they've ever been since Raw's been a thing. So, panic is happening. This week, AJ Styles was back. Next week, Edge and Orton will be back, as well as Becky Billions. You'll get that reference soon, children. It's all happening because there is a lot of panic in the air. I mean, it reeks of desperation, does it not? It's more desperate than one Eric Cordova marrying eight years under his weight class. I don't call it desperate. I call it, I did life right. That's what I call it. We can agree to disagree on that. But it, it, it's a terribly obvious grab for ratings that just won't be there. Because I, I, I genuinely think that at least the WWE is dying the way that it's currently 
constructed right now. Fans are no fans. And we spoke about this last week. And if you want to hear us talk about it last week, go back into the archives. Let me steal from Bruce. It's, it's no good what's happening right now on the television screen. The lack of fans does not help in the slightest. It feels like it feels like they're just showing empty arena shows. At least with AEW, it doesn't feel like an empty arena show. I kind of like what they're doing by having people in the stands and stuff. And by people, I mean wrestlers that aren't necessarily working. At least there's some sort of interaction there. But WWE, like, they had to they, – they didn't – excuse me. It's like they didn't even think what they were going to do in this situation. At least with AEW, they had, like, when it came to their entrance ramps and all of that stuff, they had camera angles set up properly. WWE had to change things twice to make it look as, quote-unquote, good as it does now. So they didn't even yeah, think I, of that I think... to begin with. I think all this is nonsense, and it doesn't help. And AEW is not the example to go to because they're not playing great ratings either. They had terrible ratings last week. Yes, this week they, they got back up a little bit, and they beat NXT by, you know, eight, 80,000 people. But they're not exactly killing it either, okay? But the bigger issue for me, and it's, it's the simplest thing. Like, it should go without saying the way to fix it it's not, oh, we got to bring back a Lesnar. Oh, we got to bring back in. The way to fix it, do something that people are interested in. Tell stories that people want to hear. There is no easier way to do this. There is no other way to do this. Tell stories, put on programming that people are interested in. This is not a difficult concept. As I said last week, try doing some stuff where you actually teach us who these people are. We're going to get to some things later in the show where I'm going to express why that's so important. But maybe this is a great opportunity for us to learn more about people. Because continuing to do long matches and things like that, like I honestly think one of the things that I hate about AEW, every match has to be a long match for them. It's like, why? You have a guy who's clearly above the guy in ranking, in status, and they're like, uh, yeah, we'll just fill in 14 minutes with Cody versus nobody. Why? Isn't that the way that wrestling was, like, when Raw first started? Like, there were very obvious jobbers, but jobbers were able to get some work in, like Brooklyn Brawler and the guy with the graduation outfit whose name is escaping me right now. Like, they got chances to the work, genius? too. Yeah, they're yeah, but, but thank you for we're that. Not, but they were not like having... Next week, and, next week on AEW, like, there's there's a jobber named Pineapple something. And he, he's gotten, like, a build to a match with Chris Jericho, all because of something that happened on, on Pro Wrestling Tees. So, like, these jobbers which is, are getting to work when they won't, wouldn't normally be able to. I think it's fine. People it's aren't not losing fi- it's their, not fine. Or their I'm, luster I'm tell you why it's not or they're fine. standing in the fans' eyes because a jobber is getting a decent match. Yes, they do, because no, they if, you're, if you're, let's say, no, no, I'll give you an example. If you're Lance Archer, and you're a giant monster, and it takes you 10 minutes to beat a nobody, no one's going to buy that you're going to beat one of the top stars. So it's bad booking, and it's bad creative. So I will, I will take that, we'll throw it aside. That wasn't the point. The point is, you need to do other stuff. I suggested this last week. I'm going to stay with that. It may be a temporary little boost, but we saw this back in the day, right? With Raw and with Nitro. Nitro would bring in the Ultimate Warrior. And for a week or two, they would get a ratings boost. They would do almost as well as Raw or something like that. I I think the Warrior is actually the last time that they actually won a ratings war for a week. So, okay, cool. It helped for a week, but it didn't help the fact that they couldn't come up with good stories and things people are interested in. They kept going with the the NWO Civil War, and they eventually just said, screw it, and put them back together. And that is what made them go in the toilets as far as their ratings were concerned. On the other side, while not everything that Monday Night Raw was doing was fantastic, believe you me, but they had some really compelling stories from time to time. 
the big conspiracy stuff with Austin, trying to get the belt off him. People are always interested in that. They even had some lower card stories that people were interested in. That's why people are going to continue to tune in week to week. But they were also invested in who the people are. They knew who the wrestlers were. Back then, and up until probably about 10 years ago, it seemed like there was more time put into character development. But now I think it has to go beyond that. I think it has to go into not just character development, but professional development. Make the show look professional. Tell a story. People are tuning into Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. There's so many places people can watch shows now. They don't even need to watch shows live now. It doesn't matter. So why are they going to continue to watch you live to watch the same matches with the same stories? you got to figure out something new. This is the time, especially when you can't perform for live audiences, this is the time to innovate, to create. Okay, Matt Hardy was onto something, and now he's too far gone to be onto something. But with the with the idea of that kind of content creation, expand on that. Do something that hire writers that know how to do that. That's my suggestion. Not just to bring back Edge and Orton, who I'll be happy to see him, but that can't be the only solution. That's my point. So how are you going to do things like that the way the world is right now? Very simple. You can have people, a cameraman, a wrestler, and you have video editing equipment. Figure it out. You can't say, here, here's a bunch of things, figure it out, without offering some sort of, you know, suggestion. You say hire writers. Who, who, how are they going to hire people right now? Why not? Why not? You, you said it yourself. Just because this whole thing's going on, the, the financials look pretty darn good for these dudes, right? Their financials aren't bad. They can bring on the right type of people that know how to do these things, and the wrestlers should be doing it. If you're a wrestler, you should know what your character should be, and you should be pitching ideas of how to get that to be, okay? Like, let's say you're Bobby Lashley. I would be filming Bobby Lashley, not with Lana. Forget about that nonsense crap. I'd be filming him hitting punching bags and, you know, you showing him training. The possible guy to choose because they tried I to didn't. do that with that stupid tire thing. And that was the dumbest Not like part that. Of no, 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 no. And There's Raw a way to do it. Right now. When you're the right, worst but, part of Raw, when it comes to character development, you, you just shot but, yourself in the foot by using Bobby Lashley. No, I didn't because he's someone who needs it. That's why I'm using him as an example. And just having him flip a tire doesn't do anything. I'm saying get into the mind, the psyche. How, do, how does a guy like Bobby Lashley, who barely talks, become one of the toughest men on the planet, who wins MMA fights? Find out who that guy is. Get into his head. That's what I'm talking about. I'm saying, like, you have him talking as a promo over him hitting a punchy bag as your backdrop. That's what I'm saying. Not just have, show him flipping t- uh, tires. But speaking of, we, we were talking about how you can do things from home. We now have on the line the innovator of working from home. He's been doing it since, well, since ever I can remember. Tommy Hall from KB Wrestling Reviews is on with us. Tommy, what's going on, buddy? Not much. What about you? Well, you know, we're we're hanging in here. You're on with me and, uh, of course, the Crab in this new format that we're doing here. And before we get started, I have just one question. I, I was thinking about you at the end of last year because I remember that uh, that your wife used to have a big thing for Shawn Michaels. Is is that still the case now that he's got that weird bald head thing going? She cried. <laughs> she cried when she saw it. Um, well, given that right now I'm looking over at her Shawn Michaels shrine, which does exist, um, there, there's a, let's see, there's a statue of it. There's two statues of him, two pop figures, uh, a signed photo, a photo of her with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She cried at that. She, uh, I've never seen her so happy as when you could see the hair sticking out of his hat again. Uh, yeah. So she, um, yeah, she, it, it was a rough time. I, <laughs> it was a rough time for her. I mean, we all knew that the balding was happening, but I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it seemed a little bit oh, much. <laughs> but so anyway, you, 
you've had a lot going on since. I mean, this whole shutdown thing that doesn't affect anything you do because you still write for about five hundred different places, right? Like, how's that all going? Uh, I mean, since the last time I talked to you, about up to six fifty or so. Uh, it's been going the same. Uh, it, it's kind of annoying because not many people are watching, but uh, it, it it's still going the same. I haven't really noticed. My wife has been explaining these things to me. Apparently, there's people getting sick. Um, I, I haven't noticed. I leave my house about once a month. So honestly, I'm not even not even entirely sure people are getting sick because I haven't seen it. I'm with you. I haven't seen anything happen. You know, yeah, I, I mean, the, all I know is I was in CVS today, and for the first time, and I live in New York, so this is surprising. For the first time, someone actually kind of like yelled at me because I wanted to go down the aisle, and he was like halfway in the aisle, and he kind of yelled at me for. It. I'm like, well, I'm going down the aisle. What, what do you think I'm doing? You know, like like spaces the biggest thing you can have right now. I, I get it, but I mean, dude, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, if, anyway. if one person gets within two feet of you, I don't think you're going to suddenly be needing a hospital. No, but. you will not. But listen, I mean, people are coping with it the way they're coping with it. At the beginning of this whole thing, you know, we I went to uh, one of those, the big event that go to from time to time, one of the conventions. And the first wrestler that was there that was, you know, off of the shaking hands boat was Matt Hardy. So, I mean, he probably knew he was making his debut with AEW soon, but he was at the convention. He was, he was elbowing people. We, we, we got some elbows in. It was, uh, it's a good time. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll dive, let's, let's dive into some wrestling nonsense. And, uh, I want to do a segment here taken from one of the favorite bands of my family growing up, Fleetwood Mac. Let's talk some rumors. And uh, the first one I want to bring to the table to you guys, somebody got traded recently, and that somebody is Apollo Crews, guy who has insane athleticism and nothing else, at least to the viewer at this point. The rumor is that his injury is going to be leading to a heel turn. That heel turn may be paired with a potential alliance and stable with MVP, I guess it looks like that new tag team of Thorn and uh, Brendan Vink might be part of the stable. Is A, do you see this kind of thing happening where Apollo Crews is the big guy in the stable along with that tag team? And B, is it, is it even a good idea? Well, uh, I mean, Crews needs someone to talk for him. Uh, that, that's That's been proven in the last four-plus years that he's been on the main roster. I didn't realize he's been on the main roster four years either, but somehow he has, even though it seems like he still hasn't done anything. Uh, he, he needs something. He needs to do – I don't know if a heel turn is going to be it, but he's – it's part of the big overarching problem right now. I have no idea who Apollo Crews is. I know he's an athletic freak. I know he's got a very bald head. That's about all I know about him. Uh, I know uh, he's he cuts generic promos. He has athletic matches, and that's it. There's a bunch of people who can do something similar, but I don't know anything about him. And uh, until then, it's really hard to get to get behind someone. Yeah, and this is what we were talking about before we had you on. I was talking about bringing back AJ Styles, Edge, Orton, right for for short term ratings boosts because those are the big stars. And I said, that that's a short-term solution, much like bringing the Ultimate Warrior in 1998. The long-term has to be to invest in the people they have and tell stories better. It's, it's really that yeah. simple. And in the case of Apollo Crews, I don't know what they have in him. You know, if you, if you were someone who hadn't tuned in in a while, I'm going to throw some old-school references out today. Would you not think when you saw Apollo Crews, hmm, is that like Ahmed Johnson's son or something? You might, right? Big muscular guy, athletic. Yeah. But and and you know something? They could do that if they I don't know if that would matter to people. I don't know if people oh, Ahmed Johnson. Like but you could do random stuff. Like back in the day, plenty of people were siblings or, you know, related to people that really weren't, right? Shane Douglas. That's how he got he was Troy Orndorf. Right. I mean, you know, Arn Anderson was not Arn Anderson. He was given that name because he kind of looked like Ole Anderson. That was it. 
That was the reason he was Arn Anderson. Like, it was that simple sometimes. And people go, okay, yeah, that seems, that seems reasonable. You know, and but for Apollo Crews, yeah, we don't know anything about him. I'm sure I, I enjoy watching his matches from time to time, but I'm not invested in them because I don't care. I don't care if he wins or loses. So if this tells us more about who he is, if MVP can show us that, if maybe they can show some backstage stuff, maybe. I, I mean, what, what do they have to lose at this point? Half the guys refuse to perform anyway. Might as well invest some time and see what you got in the guy. And if it doesn't work, well, it's not any worse than it is now. So unless the crab is they anything to like- add, we'll, we'll move on. I tuned out. What's happening? You're doing so well at this co-hosting thing. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at podcast. Apollo Crews, potentially turning heel and joining up in a stable with MVP and the new tag team of Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Your thoughts? Brendan Stink? That's right. Brendan Stink. Okay. It's not, it, it's not a secret that Apollo Crews has needed a mouthpiece since he was in NXT, Right. Dude's obviously physically gifted, like you guys said. I don't, I don't get the whole Ahmed Johnson thing. You said it worked back in the day. This isn't the 80s. That stuff just doesn't work anymore. People know more about the business than they do than they did back then. So I don't really think that would work in or around the slightest. But I, other than that, I, I know Apollo Crews needs something, and that something could be MVP. So I got really nothing else other than that. I will counter your it can't work with and, and say what you will, but nobody seems to, to bat an eye with the Bobby Lashley Lana thing, right? No one's batting an eye with the Mandy Rose Sonya Deville thing. Like if you honestly believe that Mandy and Sonya aren't still best friends in real life, you're dumb. I'm just going to tell you that you're an idiot. You can't compare being friends in real life to being sure related to somebody. Are you Why kidding? Not? And also, they're bringing the kayfabe to their YouTube channel. Mandy Rose uploaded something and be like, listen, this isn't just for show. We're actually not friends anymore. They threw that up on their YouTube. So that's right. How are you going to convince people that Apollo Crews is related to Ahmed Johnson? The same way you do it, the same way you do it on TV. Like, Eric Stone Street for like 12 years convinced people he was gay. What's the difference? It's a television show. The characters are related. Not in, they're not real life people. You do understand that, right? Like, re- do wrestling fans get this at this point? It's a television no. show. It, I know it's 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 crazy. Like, it's a TV show. The same way if you're watching, I don't know what you were talking about Community before. If you're watching, who cares? Whatever show you're watching, these people aren't real. They're real people playing fictional characters, like. That's the part that we just need to get back to. Just be okay with that. That's what they are. You can incorporate real-life things into it. I don't care. You know, you got, let's see, like, Britt Baker is really a dentist. So she's a dentist on screen. Fine, who cares? But she's still playing a pretty exaggerated version of herself. She's playing the character, Britt Baker, right? So this is the thing that I think they need to embrace. Now... Hopefully it works out for him. I'm good with MVP leading a stable because he was always a pretty good talker, not so much with anything else. So it's kind of a good role for him. There's a couple of people I do want to talk about, and Brendan Fink is one of them. Because I've been reading rumors all week that these are a couple of names that WWE is really hyped on. Brendan Fink is one, and Cal Bloom is another. If you don't know who Cal Bloom is, don't feel ashamed. I had to research it too. He's the dude that Seamus squashed last week or the last two weeks. I don't know much about him. Neither do you. But apparently, WWE does, and they see him as potentially as the next edge. Brendan Vink, they just see as a future main eventer, potentially. We haven't seen a lot of these guys, but I'm kind of excited about this. And I'll I'll extrapolate a lot, but have you guys been watching these guys? Like, what do you think? Just first impression to these guys. Like, what do you do? You see the potential there? Is is it there? Is WWE nuts? Like, what do we think? Uh, I mean, everyone was a prospect at some point, but can we slow down a bit on these guys who have had like four matches on Raw 
where they're mainly getting squashed and stop saying, okay, that's the main event of the future. That's this. That's, can we just like pull the reins back a little bit here and uh, just wait until we see anything about them if they get over, if they don't? I mean, like I said with Cruz, he debuted the night after WrestleMania 32 and is still nowhere near ready for the next level. We haven't seen anything from Vink or, or Bloom, neither of whom were anything in NXT either. So why all of a sudden can we just decide they're going to be main eventers? That's a lot. That's quite a jump from nothing. I don't disagree, but I also look at, if you want to say the next Edge, Edge came to WWE in 1998. He did not become a main eventer until 2006. So it took him quite a while to make his way through the tag team division, to make his way through the mid card, to become that guy. And we haven't seen very much of that type of build with somebody. It's usually these days, which I'm not a fan of, Bring in guy who's a big deal on the indie circuit. Get the indie crowd hype about him. Push him to the moon at NXT. Throw him on Raw or SmackDown. And hope that the mainstream audience just accepts them for being who they were that got over with a, a small portion of the wrestling audience. And I say that because it is. No matter how much you want to be on your high horse, if you're an indie wrestling fan and, you, and these people are over for you, there's a lot more people that are watching Raw and SmackDown that aren't you that are not familiar with these people. So Cal Bloom, who may not have the same kind of fame as, say, Adam Cole, has every bit the same opportunity to get over with the mainstream audience. And that's great. Like, I'm not saying Cal Bloom is going to be a main eventer at WrestleMania 37. But what about WrestleMania 42? Maybe it'll take him a while. Maybe... Maybe, maybe there's some real talent there, and maybe we'll, we'll learn about that talent on Raw or on SmackDown, and they don't have to take that traditional route now of going to NXT, and no one knows what's happening with that because it seems like they want people to stay on NXT. So it's not the show that's on the WWE Network and then you're going to get moved up. It's on TV. It's competing now with AEW. So... It's not seen in that same way. It's really just a third brand at this point. So I'm kind of cool with the idea of just bringing guys straight to Raw or straight to SmackDown. I, I kind of dig it. I'm kind of excited about it. That's where I'm at with it. That said, they're going to have to get better names. Brendan Vink is a terrible name. Yes, it really is. It, yeah. Like, you can't have a name that rhymes with stink unless you're supposed to be a top heel. You, you just can't. But Or... Unless you're Howard Finkel. Yeah, well, we did, we did enough about uh, about the Fink a couple weeks ago, of course, when Fair you know, when he passed away. But yeah. well, we we moved on from that one. Um, I do want to yeah. bring to light before we before we get to the end of uh, part one of this. The the last rumor I wanted to talk about was a couple of these guys have been off TV for a while. I mentioned him before, Bobby Lashley, been off TV. Kravitz got mad at me. That's okay. It's now being rumored that when he does come back, they're going to start grooming him for a match with Brock Lesnar, potentially at SummerSlam. All right, all right, does this excite you in any way? I actually want to hear from Kravitz because he got really mad at me before. I want to hear from him first. Does, this, does the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match that could potentially happen at SummerSlam, does this excite you in any way at this point? Did we lose him or something? All right, I'll, we'll throw it to Tommy then. Uh, not really. Um, I, uh, I, I've, ne- I've not really big usually on matches where guys are such mirror images of each other. Usually for me, I get more excited when you see like more, not a styles clash, but two different styles coming together. Uh, when Lashley came to OVW for the first time, he was billed as Brock Lesnar times 10. And they have, they're, they've gotten even more similar since then. I don't really, I rarely get excited over the idea of, two guys who are that similar. There is a good story to be told with all the advantages that Lesnar usually has. Lashley can counter every one of them, but it's not so much that Lashley is someone I'd want to cheer against Brock. It's just Brock would have trouble with him. That's not, I'm sick of seeing Brock Lesnar the way they're presenting him. So having something different would be nice. Uh, 
but Lashley is still just Lashley. He's the same guy with no personality that we've seen for a long time, and Lesnar is still Lesnar. I don't really see the big appeal of this. I get why it would make sense on paper, but when you think about it beyond that, it's just kind of an, okay, this is what they're doing now. So when Bobby Lashley came back the night after WrestleMania, immediately I said, he's done. That's it. He's done. And the reason for that was that you had a guy who finally got over as a wrestling talent. I'm going to say that about as strong as I can, because let's be honest, when he was in WWE, he was just Bobby Lashley, right? He was whatever. Like They didn't do much to tell you he's more than athletic and whatever. He goes to TNA, and he, he really finds himself as, as a wrestler, as a heel, and people knew he went to MMA and was a legit badass. So the idea of him coming back and fighting Brock Lesnar in that incarnation of himself is actually exciting. Like I would have been legit excited to see that. However, and this is the big however, they didn't do that. They went right into... He's going to be a mid-card guy and, you know, and squashing Elias, and then we're going to introduce how he has sisters. He should have just been a killing machine, and for like three months, he does that stuff. But on night one, he should have come out and attacked Brock Lesnar, and then just keep him apart until SummerSlam, and that's uh, Bobby Lashley's first major match back. I don't even care if he loses to Brock Lesnar. If he goes toe-to-toe with him, you have a legit main eventer, and he's basically Brock Lesnar who's going to be around more often. So now you have a guy that went toe-to-toe with Brock. So A, if Brock ever gets the title, you know he's a threat. And if Brock's not around, you know he's a threat to anybody else. That was the match. Now that it's like, what, three, four years later? No, I, I don't care. I mean, I don't care. And that's a problem. So, yeah, you're, it, not, it would, you're not wrong. That would it's it's been a long three years for Lashley because he they tried to make him the the Lana thing with death, uh, and that's been going on forever. It's he's just kind of there, and yeah, he does a good spear and he looks great, but there's nothing beyond that. It's the same problem that he had in his first run. He's he's got all the physical tools you could ever want. There's nothing beyond the surface, and that becomes a problem. That's exactly right. But the good news is, is that he did get a run with Lana. And when you have a run with Lana, you may not need a, the product that we're going to talk about next. But here we go. Because our show, the Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show, is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. And, fellas, if you don't have a Lana and you've been having troubles in the bedroom, listen, you're on the same woman all the time, right? You're in quarantine. This is difficult times. We get it here. So, if you're having a problem and your performance hasn't been what you'd like it to be, why just keep disappointing him? Choose BlueChew.com. BlueChew is the first FDA-approved chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast. What could be better? And if you're worried about how awkward it might be, because I know when you're a kid, Going to, to get your first condoms in the store. Very awkward stuff. So you'd ma- imagine buying these kind of enhancement pills would be very embarrassing at the pharmacy. Well, fear not. Because Blue Chew can be prescribed online and your order will be shipped to you in a discreet package right to your front door. And they won't even hand it to you because that's how it goes these days. So we'll avoid all the awkwardness. You don't even have to look the guy in the eye who's delivering it because he might know what you got in there. Don't worry about any of it, fellas. It'll come to your door, and it'll be ready for you, and you'll be ready to go. So let's get you started today with BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue, Chew.com. And your first shipment is free with the code WPP. All you got to do is pay the $5 for shipping. So what are you waiting for? Spice up your love life today, BlueChew.com. All right, so now that we got that out of the way, let's get back to our... Regularly scheduled program here, and we're going to get into some more topics, and let's see, because I know we have a whole list of things, and we did lose Kravitz. He'll be back, so just bear with us on that. This next segment is called Real Stories in the Fake World of Wrestling, and this has been something that has been on my mind. There's a lot of nonsense that happens. 
And I think since no one else is going to do it, we need to just make fun of stuff. So, Tommy, you on board? You ready to make fun of stuff for a little bit? As always. All right, good. So, Scott Hall is a, is a WWE Hall of Famer, as Razor Ramon, but he is a Hall of Famer. And for whatever reason, he got into a Twitter beef with Moth Marti- Session Moth Martina, someone I know very little about. And you probably don't know that much about her either. So... Apparently, he asked his Twitter followers, what comes to mind when you think of him? Her response was, he once offered to buy me a boob job on Twitter, but never followed through. Which seems like a lighthearted jab, right? Kind of funny. Ha ha. He said he'd buy me boobies. His response was, you need a personality transplant, you dumb bitch. Oof. I mean, you do know you're Scott Hall, right? Was this worth your time to call some what? I mean, I, you may know more about this than me. Who is Session Moth Martina? And and I I can't imagine Scott Hall should care about Session Hall Martina enough to call her a dumb bitch. Like, wh- why are you wasting your time? She's been in the Ring of Honor a couple times. That's about all I got. She's, okay, so do you think she she's just she's a person? That's it. Yeah. It, 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 let's put it this way. She probably holds as much water to Scott Hall as I do. So if I tweeted back to him, Scott, you're a douchebag, he probably shouldn't respond to me. Why, why should you? Like, and the, the, the funny thing is, is that what I said probably necessitates him to respond back and say, okay, like, F off, right? What she said was just like, eh, he wanted to buy me boobs, but he never followed through. She wasn't like saying he's a jerk for it. It just said, what, what, what comes to mind? That's what came to her mind. Was it that bad? Not really. I mean, Hall is a celebrity, at least in the world of wrestling. You've got to figure he probably got quite a few responses to this. I don't know how many he responded to, but, I mean, when, when you're famous, for, when you're more famous, arguably, for your issues outside of the ring than what you did in the ring, this isn't exactly something you needed to go after. Uh, you don't yeah. have the best reputation in the, in the world in the first place. Yeah, you've gotten a little bit better and seem to be much cleaner now than you were, but still, it's you don't have to be salty with everybody. The correct response should have been, Honey, you don't need a boob job. You look good just the way you are. Okay, that's maybe a little too nice, but I don't know. I, I just don't like fake boobies, so that, that's me. Like, I don't... Some of them are done well, I guess, but it's just... I don't know. Like, I, I prefer a nice natural breast. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, maybe maybe he did her a favor by not buying her the boob job. I don't know. I don't I don't know what, you know, I actually don't even know what she looks like, so I can't really comment. <laughs> anyway, speaking of boob jobs, we're going to talk about Nikki Bella next. You like that <laughs> transition? Uh, yeah. Sure. My wife here I wrote it myself. Show, so we'll go with a, we'll, we'll go with a calm sure. <laughs> I wrote that one myself. Anyway, um, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella are in the news now because they have their book coming out. And there's been a lot of stories that are coming out about what they wrote in there or what they're not allowed to write about. One of the things that has been talked about in in the media that has led up to the book release is that – and the the quote was taken out of context. But Nikki Bella said that it's a slap in the face – that Ronda Rousey debuted after the first Women's Royal Rumble. The thing is, I don't fully disagree with her because it's a much bigger deal that Ronda Rousey was coming in and you just had the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. It probably should just happen on Raw the next night, especially since it had nothing to do with the Rumble. And she didn't challenge the winner of the Rumble. She fought Stephanie McMahon. So cool surprise didn't have to happen then. I agree with you, Nikki, but you're the wrong person to be commenting on it, okay? You finished in second, and you weren't an active wrestler. Let me start that again for people who forgot about that. Nikki Bella's last appearance in a wrestling ring before that appearance was being proposed to by John Cena. The next time she was in the ring, she was finishing second to the undefeated Asuka 
over every other talent that WWE had that was an active competitor. And you're going to tell us what's a slap in the face? You don't think that? And the fact that your sister finished third? You don't think that's a little bit of a slap in the face? Like, a little bit? I mean, am I wrong here? I... Uh, to an extent, but I mean, at the same time, she also said that it was a slap in the face to all those legendary women who came back for the match. Some of the people who came back for that match, Trish and Lita are legends. Beth Phoenix is a legend. Vicky Guerrero is not a legend. Tori Wilson is not a legend. She's a Jacqueline, I'm going to move on from that one before that sends <laughs> us into a 20-minute rant from me. Um, it's true. Jacqueline... Yeah, so is Vince McMahon's limo driver. Uh, Jacqueline, Michelle McCool, maybe. But at the same time, I didn't mind the big Rousey debut because the fact that the women's Royal Rumble main event of the show showed you that WWE was actually serious with what the women were doing. They weren't just main eventing like Hell in a Cell or something like they had done before. This was now, here's a major show that they're main eventing. And then after that, we're not just done with this. Here's the next big step to show how much more seriously we're taking this. I do get the idea that maybe Asuka was the one shown up more than anyone else, but for Nikki to say that the legends were shown up, not really. Uh, There there were a handful of genuine legends, and the Bellas, for me, are not legends or close to it. Michelle McCool got to eliminate more people than anyone else in the match. Molly Holly, I don't think, can get offended by anything. That leaves you with Trish and Lita. Lita, who was in the match for five minutes. Trish, who was in the match even shorter than that. They're your two legends. No. I I, I can't get behind the idea that this was a slap in the face. Yeah, I still contend that if you're going to do the first Royal Rumble and you're going to have somebody who's not an active wrestler finish second, it should have been Trish. But that's besides the point. I want to get to the stupidest man that's ever been part of wrestling. And I I know I shouldn't say this because, well, he can kick my ass very easily. Which isn't saying much because literally any of these guys can kick my ass very easily. But, so Cain Velasquez was recently released. And I don't think that many people noticed because he made like two appearances. And I, I don't, I still don't see the value of them, but the... The thing that made me laugh was that the stories that came out after, and I guess some of them were a little bit visible beforehand, but he tweeted out a picture of him and Ronda Rousey at headquarters a couple of months ago, and everyone got mad at that because they weren't supposed to know that Ronda was meeting with WWE about a potential comeback. He also revealed beforehand that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. He ended up not being in the Royal Rumble. Like... This is the kind of guy that if you're having a surprise birthday party, he's sitting there on his phone tweeting out, hiding behind the couch for Dave's birthday. Can't wait to surprise him. And then Dave walks in like, dude, I saw your Twitter, you idiot. <laughs> like, like I said before, people, they do value this stuff. Like, dude, just understand that this is like the one thing you can't do in the world of wrestling. Like, you can't reveal when surprises are going to happen. That's, like, the one rule. I mean, dude, with that said, I'm not going to miss him. You know, if you want to give your 30-second soliloquy on Cain Velasquez and his oh-so-memorable time in WWE, here's, here's the floor. You think I can talk for 30 seconds about Cain Velasquez and WWE? You have more faith in me than I do. I don't. Uh, he came in. He, he showed up. He, it was a cool moment when he debuted on SmackDown, then he lost in, in, in two minutes in Saudi Arabia. I don't know where they were supposed to go with him. I know he had a bad knee. Uh, fair enough. That's going to slow anyone down. But, um, yeah, what were they expecting with this? He's not exactly – he's a big deal to MMA fighter to MMA fans. And if I wanted to watch an MMA fighter who's not a wrestler, I'd watch MMA. Uh, I, I get the idea. It just didn't. It was. It doesn't seem like something that was going to really work that well. After other than that one Lesnar match, and even then, uh, okay. Next, I'll give you two names. Mike Tyson is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Cain, uh, excuse me. Um, 
Conor McGregor is another. What do those guys have? Actually, I'll give you a third. Floyd Mayweather. What do those guys have that Cain Velasquez doesn't? More charisma than they know what to do with? Right. A big personality. Like They fit in the wrestling mm-hmm. world. Cain Velasquez is a great fighter. No personality. Doesn't fit. Yeah. Therefore, whatever they thought they were getting out of it, the idea that he was the only guy to ever beat Brock or whatever nonsense, it's not there because it doesn't translate. So... We'll move on from Cain Velasquez, just as WWE has, and they've moved on from, well, lots of people, sadly. Uh, but that's the reality we live in now, and I want to end this show on this. We, you know, we have some time left, so I want to get into this. And I was kind of hoping Kravitz was going to be here, because I know he disagrees with me on this, but we'll see where you're at. A couple of years ago, if you were to ask the big wrestling fan, who's the hottest talent in the world? The answer would have been unequivocally, without even batting an eye, Kenny Omega. He took over the AJ Styles spot in every single conceivable way. Meaning, he was the guy in Japan, in the Bullet Club, that was cool, he was hip, and he was putting on great matches. Well, at least Meltzer got off to him, I don't know. No, they were good, but... Like, whatever, seven-star matches, whatever nonsense ratings those were having. But he was a commodity. And there were rumors at the time that he's debating where he should go. If he came to WWE, good chance he gets the AJ treatment. This is something that not most people get, right? AJ got the big debut in the Rumble. And not only that, it kept going. He got to fight Jericho at Mania. Yeah, he lost. Shouldn't have, but he lost. But then he beat John Cena. More than once, with no assistance, they made him into a star within a year of being in the company. They were behind the idea that AJ was already one of the biggest stars in the world. The word was they were going to do the same for Kenny, but Kenny decided to go with his friends to AEW, which is all fine and good. But something got lost in translation there, and this week on AEW... Kenny Omega is the other guy in a tag team match with Matt freaking Hardy. Let me say that again. Kenny Omega, who two years ago was the biggest star in wrestling outside of WWE, is playing second fiddle in a tag team match to Matt Hardy's shenanigans. To the point where he didn't even matter in the match. And they lost the match. What happened? I mean, seriously, the what same, happened? The same thing that happens to a lot of people when they own the same thing that happened. It's the same thing that happens to any wrestler who is a special attraction over in Japan. They don't have a new Japan doesn't have a weekly television show. New Japan doesn't have, uh, they have their tours, but for the most part, the big stars are in, one are in usually eight-man tags or six-man tags or something like that. You don't see these big singles matches, at least the major ones, outside of the G1 tournament. You don't see these things outside of you know just the major shows. It's the same thing with here, where people like today, stars like Hulk Hogan, Andre, whatever, people would get sick of them in a matter of weeks because they have to be on TV every single week. Omega... He's on Dynamite more often than not. He's often wrestling. If not, he's on Dark. Seeing him having these blow-away matches three times a year was going to work because it's been so long since we've seen him. You forget a few things about him. You forget how fast he can hit the V-trigger. You can forget how devastating the one-winged angel looks. When he's doing it 20 times a year, it's, oh, yeah, we saw that two weeks ago. And the, the specialness is gone. And so it's... It's a huge. It's one of the reasons why New Japan can get over as well because you don't see these matches every week. How many times have you seen any, have you seen any given pairing in WWE? There's very few matches that haven't happened at least three or four times already, often within the last year. You don't get that treatment in New Japan, and it's the same problem with AEW where they have three hours of TV to fill a week. So it's not really surprising. It's a little unfortunate, but it's also just the nature of American wrestling. I don't disagree, but they they have a deep enough roster where I think they could have minimized 
the use of people, like almost in the way that NXT used to, right? Where NXT had an hour. They didn't have everybody on every week. Even the champion was not on every week. And it sort of made that champion a little more special in that, oh, the champion's going to be on this week. That's actually pretty exciting. I don't know how you could have done it to make Kenny Omega a special attraction without completely losing him. However, I, I can't imagine that they could have done a better job. Again, he's not even a main eventer. Like, he was tagging with Hangman Page for a while, which, look, it's fine. I get it. Main eventers have done that before. A lot, actually. But he he hasn't even proven he's a main eventer there yet, right? There's only been two champions. I don't think he's ever even had a title shot, has he? Like, I was trying to, do, I was trying to um, find this before... I don't think he has. No, he had the match with Jericho, which was kind of like a semifinal match for the first title for the first title shot. But unless he had some one-off match on Dynamite, he hasn't had one on pay-per-view. Right, and that was around the last time. Like Omega started out doing pretty well with AEW. He had, you know, they because they were doing just pay-per-views until the show started, and. He was having big matches at those shows because people knew who he was. So, all right, cool. We're going to set him up to fight Jericho and to fight Pac or whoever it was that he was fighting at the beginning. That's cool. But at some point, either A, you've used up all those matches, or or B, you haven't kept him to the point where I get that they brought in Moxley. And they now they brought in Brody Lee or whatever, and, and they see these guys as pretty big stars. I get that. But how is Kenny Omega not in that same conversation? If you really believe that the star that he built is what it is, how is he not in that same conversation? Because it doesn't seem like he is. Not to, not to my perception. You know, and I've been watching this show weekly. It seems like their main event is four or five guys that aren't Kenny Omega. But maybe I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I mean, Jericho is the biggest star they have. Moxley is right there next to him. Uh, Cody's a big enough deal, though your mileage on him may vary. Uh, And then there's maybe one or two others. Omega is, like, right at the cusp of that, but he is by no means blowing all this stuff away. And it's, it's similar to what we were talking about earlier. Omega doesn't have much of a character. He's just that guy who has great matches. And, yeah, that's true, but it's been a while since he's had one of those big blow-away matches. Which is maybe one of the Uh, things that makes it tough, right? Because when you have to have a character, when you have to be on TV more often, something has to draw people in, not just, hey, cool, like he does that. I think a lot of guys who come from the Japan scene have that problem. Nakamura's having that problem. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, you know, he's electric and, you know, he's got energy, but what is, what does he do? Who is, like, he's been lost. Like, I don't know any, I don't know any reason to invest in the idea of a Nakamura in WWE. I don't. And it's not just because he lost AJ Styles. It's because I don't have any reason to understand who he is as a character other than he's kind of flamboyant. And he kicks He's got off. energy. Yeah, I, I don't... He, he he was over huge in NXT. When, uh, I mean, I was there for that Sami Zayn match. He was over like crazy there, but NXT is that more hardcore, work-rate-based kind of fan. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's different kinds of fans. It's the same thing with New Japan. They don't, they're not nearly as personality or story-driven. That's not saying one's better than the other. It's just, it's a different style. And over here with AEW being kind of a hybrid of WWE and uh, and New Japan, it doesn't really translate. I mean, yes, there's people watching AEW, but it's not like they're, it's not like they're some big threat to Raw as far as viewership. They have a hardcore fan base, and they haven't really banded beyond that, which Jericho is their biggest star, and he's also the one with by far the most charisma. So it's you can't just get by on what you can do in the ring. You have to be able to make people care and give them a reason to support you or boo you, whichever it is. So then here's the question. Not that I have a super amount of confidence in it, but let's 
play a little hypothetical game. Let's say Omega did make the other choice, and he did sign with WWE. What would he be now? Like, what would he have debuted as, and what would he be now in WWE? Like, where do you see Kenny Omega in today's WWE? If he's lucky, staying down in the NXT for as long as he could. Uh, as you've seen with other people who got who got big outside of WWE, they rarely, not not never, but rarely do well on the main roster. Uh, Omega Omega is not going to be allowed to have those 35 to 40 minute epics that he had in Japan. They're never going to let him do that outside of maybe outside of NXT. They're never going to let him do that on the main roster. They don't let anyone do that. Well, like I said, there was a rumor at the time that he was going to get the AJ Styles initial push. The thing yeah. is, I think AJ is better than him. I always have thought that, you know, just uh, as I, an I, overall I talent. Yeah. I you know, agree. I think AJ is more seasoned as a personality. And, you know, a lot of people had a problem with that early on in TNA. Like, oh, is he really a good – he got a lot better over time. And he is a good wrestling personality. It, what, whatever he's figured out, it works well for him. Right? I don't know that Kenny has that. I don't know if his catchphrases would get over in WWE. I really don't know. But I would have liked to have seen them try. So let's say, hypothetically, we get the same kind of thing. He debuts in the Rumble. Maybe he does really well in the Rumble. I mean, it it wasn't out of the question. At that point in time, there wasn't any big favorites in the Rumble, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say he comes and does well. And we get him some initial feud. I think they would have done an AJ feud. AJ probably would have beaten them, but they, they might have done that because it's like one of those dream match scenarios, right? And I think at this point, he'd probably be in the same position as like a Nakamura, in the mid-card, trying to figure out a personality and trying to build himself back up because that initial steam would have gotten out from under him and it would have exposed him a bit. But I still think he made a mistake going to AEW because at least with that, he would have gotten that shot, whereas in AEW... It's like they, they didn't want to be guilty of just pushing their friends, so they tried so hard not to, and they ended up doing them a disservice. Like, they ended up doing a disservice for him. They ended up doing a disservice for the Young Bucks in, in a lot of ways. It's not a bad thing to admit that your friends are pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. It's just bad when you push the wrong people, when your friends aren't that good and you do it. That's where the problems lie. You know, like right. in like in WCW, when Jim Duggan is getting the U.S. title off of Steve Austin, that's where the problems start. And no disrespect to Jim Duggan, but come on. Really? Yeah. Not in 1994. Right. So that's where you run into the problems of, like, should the friends be there? Or, like, in TNA in 2010, when, you know, the Nasty Boys show up, originally it's a joke, Ugh. and then they just end up beating people. Yeah, I have to be fair to that, though, because Nobbs lives, like, pretty close to my uncle in Tampa, so, like, I see him from time to time. Dude has lost a nasty boy. Like, he's thin now. It's, like, weird looking. I I saw him at WrestleCon a couple years ago. They do look much – they look human. Yeah. It's actually – it's nice because, you know, you you know that if you're keeping on that weight, it's – with the health problems, it's going to happen. And it it was just, like, it was – like the first time I saw him like that, I was like, it was at, it was actually up in New York. It was at Eternal Con. Eternal Con? Yeah, it was at Eternal Con. And I, I was like, where's the rest of you? Thankfully, he was like, I left it behind. It's not coming back. I was like, good for you, man. Good for you. Indeed. So, yeah. With that said, I still wouldn't push him in 2010. I don't care how thin you get. Like, you you have your time. Your time is for something else now. Yeah, I don't. Be know. glad you got a paycheck to show up, and that your friends well, are both okay. I I I can live with that more than still. And to this day, one of the things that boggles my mind is the uh, the Bubba Love Sponge guy. Still have no idea Ugh. what he was doing. <laughs> well, I, I I think I have a personal vendetta there because you know I've been doing radio and I just don't think he's that good on radio, and that's his that's his career. You know, like. I can pick a bones with all these guys. You mentioned Chris Van Fleet before, who I like. Like, I like the way he does his interviews. But, dude, like, stop smiling all the time. <laughs> like, I'm going to just say it. Someone's got to say it. Whenever they show, like, a snapshot on 
and, and you'll plug your, your sites, right? They'll show a snapshot of the interview that he did because they're, they're advertising a clip of it. He always has that same goofy-ass smile on every time. Like, dude, I know it's fun to interview wrestlers, but it ain't that fun. All right? I've done it. It ain't that fun. I don't know why it bothers me, but it just does. It's like, it's like, he's, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't describe it. Just like that face. Like you just, I feel, I feel like, um, Rob Riggle in, what was that movie with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, Step Brothers? It's like, it's just, yeah. it's just your face. Like, I just want to punch it. That's it. It's nothing else. Just your face. <sighs> anyway, I digress because I have to. Because we have come to the end of our long and winding road, and in the words of the dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. Normally, this is where I would do my plugs, and Crab would do his plugs, but first, let's get to the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, the guest of honor. You write in a lot of places. I want to give you the floor. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, Well, my main site is kbwrestlingreviews.com, where I reviewed... I believe it's now push, probably pushing 6,000 wrestling shows, ranging from uh, the early 60s to last night's AEW, uh, last night's Dynamite and NXT, and almost all points in between. Uh, I've got everything you could probably ever imagine there. Uh, also over on WrestlingRumors.net, where I do a lot of the news stories. Um, I do a column every week, which this week was on a lot of what we were talking about, about how there's people, there's no reason to care about a lot of these wrestlers. Uh, and how that's causing a lot of problems for WWE. Um, those are the main two. Uh, I do live coverage of pretty much every show uh, every week on WrestlingRumors.net, uh, so please check us out over there. And like I said, my site, KBWrestlingReviews.com. Uh, check me out over there, too, please. Yeah, if you haven't been there yet, I go there all the time. He, Tommy's got kind of the same thing that we got going. Uh, we don't look at wrestling as... Like, it's One Tree Hill. Like, it's the most serious thing in the world. It, it's wrestling. And if you want to get coverage of these shows, like, oh, I missed a half an hour. What happened? Go read his reviews because you'll understand what happened. And you'll also get a little bit of snark, a little bit of perspective. So, I always enjoy him. I actually, I, I was reading this morning, the, uh, you know, because I, I need something to do when I'm on the toilet. And so, I'm reading up on your last review of uh, Raw 2005 where Bischoff got uh, fired. And that was pretty exciting, too. Mm-hmm. So it was a fond memory to share of the firing and throwing in the garbage truck of Eric Bischoff. I actually forgot about the uh, the Maria segment where she sounded all smart all of a sudden. That was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Funny now, too, because, you know, now she actually is like she went back to school and is like super well educated and like really bright. I mean, she's always smart, but like, you know, yeah. it's just funny to remember that was the character and how they did that. It was it was a fun way to recollect. So sometimes you go on there and just uh, read up on some old shows. I always enjoy it, and I think you will too. As for me, actually, let's do the crowd because he's not here, had some problems, had to go take care of. But you can find him. He's got his fantasy football, baseball, and whatever else fantasy sports-wise show in Billy and the Crab. So you can find that show in the same places. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, if you type in Billy and the Crab, you'll find it. You can also like him on Facebook and Twitter, Billy and the Crab. And he's also got a new show called Keeping Connected, which is talking to everyday people and how they have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, endemic, ceramic crisis, whatever. They're talking. It's a bit of dose of reality, talking to teachers and frontliners and all sorts of fun stuff. So you can find that in a lot of those same places, and it's called Keeping Connected. As for me, I am a big history nerd, as you probably guessed when I rattle off nonsense about wrestling history. I also like real history. So I have a show called Cordova's Travel Through History. It's also a page on Facebook, so we do some live videos. Before this whole crisis started, I was doing some live videos from places Last you saw me, I was at Independence Hall in Philadelphia and at Edgar Allan Poe's house. So that was exciting. Hopefully, we'll be able to start doing that again. But for now, we'll just talk about things that happened throughout history, and we'll, we'll educate, and we'll have fun together. So that's Cordova's Travels Through History. Of course, like us on Facebook. 
Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show, Twitter and Instagram at MOTSS Radio. And if, you, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, make sure to subscribe. That would be nice. If you like the show, if you didn't like the show, if you think we stink, like Brendan Vink, let us know. There's a comment section in all these. Write a comment. Tell us how we're doing, because that's only going to help. And if your answer is Fire Kravitz, I don't disagree with you. But he's here <laughs> to stay. Well, uh, Tommy, I thank you again, and I thank the yes, listeners for tuning in. Hopefully, this is something that will brighten your week. And we'll be back next week with more wrestling talk and more fit making fun of the craft. So we'll talk to you then. And to everybody else, have a good one.